Welcome to the Crack Den Comedy Club! <laughs> On tonight's show, we have Brian Gallagher, Rob Nother, Jacob Perry, Jilsey Fitz, and the one and only Chris Kent. Plus, Eddie and Damo talk about spycraft, my personality test results, and hot chips. Hey, welcome All right. back. Eddie's in studio, he's back. Was Edinburgh Fringe, then Spain, now back. Back in my travel. How's it feel? Oh, it's, it's great to be home in yeah. my own bed. You know, yeah, you're traveling yeah. for a while and you just get fucking sick of the new beds every time. Yeah, I'm, my bed is crap at home. That's the, that's the ticket. Yeah. Hotels, I don't, will never get, I will never get sick of hotels. Yeah, I mean, I mean I, when, if I fix up my bedroom, I probably will. Yeah, but going away, the beds are too good sometimes. I know, I know. I'm always like, where do they buy these pillows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I get back and I'm like, that back pain is back. I'm like, I'm home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you've got a stiff neck, you're home. When you can't turn and look over your left shoulder. Is that, um, oh, there's that mold in the corner and my fucking 1,500 euro rent. Ah, I'm home in Dublin. Is that to-do list? Is it just me? Does everyone's home have a to-do list? Like, even if... You're in a tiny place, big place. Every home, it just reminds of all the stuff you have to do. No? Yeah, I mean, it's one way of looking at home. You gotta clean things, you gotta do other stuff. If you're staying somewhere else, A, you don't have to clean up because either you're in a hotel or you're in someone else's house and it doesn't matter. Oh, you're, you're one of those terrible people who you leave a hotel room and there's like, you just leave your underwear everywhere. You don't even bother bringing them No, what you. I like to do, right? Because you always get like a thousand pillows, so I'll uh, shape them. In a you know in the form of a body and put the duvet over it. So when the housekeepers <laughs> come in, they it looks like someone's sleeping. Who is there. that fat obese <laughs> bastard in the bed? His I, legs are tree trunks. You know, I leave one of my hats on the on the pillow just to peek in it. Uh, I bring Lipstick I bring face. Rich yeah, I bring wigs. You know, uh, no <laughs> shoes by the bed. No, just so like, how long does it take him to go up? Like, what do they do? They yell. Use condoms. Do they creep to... around? Do they get a stick and poke it? Yeah, yeah. Use condoms. Flick stuck to the wall. So uh, I've done that a few times. I like doing that in a hotel room, but like, you never get to see what happens. But yeah, it's when you put the spy camera in. When, when you, you like, oh, I watched I, I watched this uh, Netflix series, silly Netflix series called Spycraft, oh, and it's, it's all about a uh, different spycraft that they do. From what like James Bond stuff? Yeah, James Bond stuff. Like ah. like technology and then how they um how they like get spies basically from because you're trying to like like let's say the CIA or the KGB they're always trying to recruit people from the other side to give them information mm. so how do you convince someone from the other side so they have a a, a little acronym uh, of like terms of how to convince people to give information and it's mice so M is money. I is ideology, so you, someone who might have a different ideology, you can convince them to give you the information. C, I can't remember. Cookies. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone loves oh, biscuits. C is compromising information. So like uh, blackmail, compromise. compromise, that all about And then E is ego, so you play into their ego. Oh, and um, You'd be great for the KGB. Well, one of them was so mad, right? The, in the 70s or the, yeah, in the 70s, the KGB, you know, the Stasi, the German Stasi came up with a plan called the Romeo plan. And it's kind of like a honey trap. Do you know what a honey trap is when you use like a sexy person? Yeah. Usually a sexy woman to get. They, yeah, they did that in uh, the X-Men to get Magneto out. You know, they got uh, Mystique yeah. in the bar. She seduced the one of the wardens and then she got him into the toilet and then she injected him with like liquid metal. Yeah. And then when he was uh, just doing the local thing, Magneto like just you know just I, I remember got that, all the uh, elements of metal out of this dude's blood i remember that scene first of all so they injected metal into him and then he was like able to go back to work the next day yeah he's fine and then uh, magneto took the metal out of him and it was there was so much metal in him yeah you know, lots, like he made a whole plate that yeah. he could stand on yeah that was in this dude's blood <laughs> and it, it, like how like, how did this guy still walk around how did this guy just go to work the next day like, i feel a bit heavy yeah, man, I've gained a lot of weight today. Well, that's the X-Men. How do you have all metal in there? But in yeah, real but life, uh, so the, the, the Stasi, Marcus Wolf was the head of the Stasi at the time. Good name. Uh, great name. And he came up with this plan called the Romeo plan. So he would get like the hottest Stasi uh, agents to go over to the West, uh, Germany and elsewhere. And they were called Romeos. And then they would find single women, mostly in their 30s, 
or in their 40s who are unmarried and seduce them basically but like kind of like get to know them over time just like go to the same meetings and stuff and they would be like secretaries or higher up positions in like uh whatever fucking di- diplomat things whatever uh, or in the other spy peoples and then they would um so there's one case this this romeo stassi agent went over married someone Whoa. right and then convinced her he was actually he, he said oh i'm working for the canadian spy agency and we're so that he kind of neutrally wasn't actually like a clearly stassi mm. and convinced her and said, I need this information. And then so she, for like six years, uh, gave him information from uh, the West German government. So she, so the, the Stasi got like tons of stuff about the American military, the German military, tons of really good uh, info. And eventually she was found out to be given information over and uh, she was in prison for two years. And wow. I don't know what happened. I think the Romeo agent was just like, hey, whatever, and back to, but like they were married like, Whoa. That's how far the age went. fell in love. And they, they have to get divorced. You know, like... At reason of divorce, he was a spy. Yeah. For all that time. <laughs> Imagine that. Like, it's usually, oh, did he cheat on you? Or did he, they got a divorce? Yeah, yeah, did yeah. they cheat? Oh, no, it turns out it was a spy for the uh, Germans. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he's a German spy. That old clanger. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know? And there's always that one friend when you know, when someone splits up from someone. That's like, I told you they were never right for yeah. you. I told was a spy. I knew it all. Along. When you met him, when I met him in that cafe that time, I thought like, there's something spyish about this dude. Maybe yeah. the accent or something. When he had that weird watch that had a wire and a laser coming out of it, <laughs> I knew there was something up with this guy. Uh, when he kept writing notes of everything I said about the, uh, the, the German. When he took that large uh, audio recorder with tapes out of his bag every day, I knew there was something strange. And he, and he goes, is, "Say that again." And then in, <laughs> into the microphone to my face. I knew yeah, it was a spot. Yeah, um, imagine that. That'd be heartbreaking, uh, but at the same that's time. One, that's like, one heartbreaking fucking... Uh, why, why seduce him to marry it, though. I mean, that, that takes a while, isn't it? Just get married yeah, that's commitment. That's commitment. So six that's... years married, and then how many years to get engaged? And get Putin worked with the Stasi at that time as well. Did he know? Yeah, the, he was like the KGB were connected to the Stasi, and he was in Germany at around that time. What? Yeah, so the Stasi is the German... 70s, Stasi's the German... The Stasi is, is the German communist secret police, and yeah, then the KGB right. is the Russian one. But they're all they were connected because they're, they're commies. Yeah, they're commies. I just like saying commies. Um, yeah. But yeah, so probably fucking Putin knew all about it because he was also orchestrating uh, Stasi like operations yeah. at the time. So he was like the go-between. Um, Man, those guys they just love playing uh, board games with with humans with the with world. Hearts. Yeah, people's don't they? hearts. People's hearts playing board games. That's like a but song, that, isn't it? In fairness, that's commitment. Just quit playing like, games with my heart. How committed that agent is so committed to the cause of communism that he's like, yeah, sure, I'll go over, get married, and uh, fake fall in love for six years. Yeah. That is committed, to, like a hundred percent, to a cause. Like yeah, I don't know. I, can't I, I wish I was that committed to comedy, to anything, to anything. But if I was that committed to comedy, I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to go over to London. I'm going to find an agent, seducer, fall in love yeah. with her. <laughs> Have kids six years down the line. She'll have to sign me. She'll have to yeah. put me on at all the big shows. Yeah. <laughs> and then six years down, when I when I've gotten everything signed, I've done all the shows. I'm like, ha ha! I was an agent for myself all the time. See you later, kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's commitment. You don't get nothing. That is commitment. I mean, think about it. You when you married someone, you're not just marry that one person. It's the, all their friends, all their family, all of that. Yeah. A lot of all of them. Oh, and they got a a, a fake priest to marry them. So like to, in order to convince her, so there was never actually any proper papers done. Oh, they got a, a, a priest who was also a Stasi agent. No way. Who just like wore a collar, pretended to be a priest. And they had like a wedding ceremony. And it was all just a big Stasi fucking operation. Wow. You can tell the kind of stuff that uh, Eddie reads, Shane. He's just always, uh, always and watches. Always. So that's that's very Netflix. fun show. Spycraft. That's a Netflix one. Spycraft. Yeah. I thought it would be something like uh, like arts and crafts, making like a mask if you're a spy. <laughs> but if you're a spy, don't wear masks. You know, mm. Maybe glasses. Arts and crafts. You're a spy. Get a to- get a, a toilet roll tube. Uh, paint it. Hold it up to a door. Can you hear louder? There was another great story from uh, how North Korea. Kim Jong Un. He's the present leader of North Korea, isn't he? Kim, now. Jong, Kim Jong-il was and Kim Jong-un is the son yeah, of Kim Jong-un. Kim, jo- Kim Jong-un. Kim Jong-un had a brother who was first in line to become the leader of Korea, North Korea. Him. Kim Jong-un killed him. 
So yeah, so he killed so, his bro. Yeah, killed his bro. So his bro was, I think, I don't know where it was. He was in South America somewhere, right? And um, he fled because fear of death uh, from his brother. And uh, Kim Jong Un sent assassins after him, right? And this was the operation they had. It was really clever. They made it out to look like they were TV producers, this like group of uh, North Korean agents. So they had like cameras and stuff. And they convinced, a, I think it was a Vietnamese woman and a Cambodian woman, that they were doing this like pr TV prank thing. And they paid them. They like, oh, it's a TV prank show. We want to get this uh, North Korean guy. And they gave them, and they said, you, you just like put this uh, around his head for a second and it'll be like, we'll record it. And it's a prank. And the stuff they put around his head was a nerve agent. And um, so that the people doing it didn't get infected, they had to get two people to do it at different times, which activated the nerve agent in his face. And so they went up to this Kim Jong-un's brother. They got these two strangers in the Where airport. Where was Kim Jong-un's brother just hanging out? Waiting the he pipe? was in the airport. He was going to fly somewhere. Yeah. He was like always, he was flying loads of different places to try and evade the assassins. And uh, yeah, so they got these two randomers and uh, they put the nerve agent on his face and boom, he was dead within minutes. He went straight to the authorities in the airport. He was like, I'm pretty sure there was an assassination attempt. I'm not feeling well. And they were like, oh, really? And they were going to get like medical care. He was already dead by then. No way. Yeah, that's how fast these nerve agents. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> and then Ashton Kutcher comes out. He's like, hey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha, bro. Yeah. PJ Gallagher comes out with the newspaper. What? 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 Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jake Stevens. Yeah, you've been pranked, bro. You've been pranked. Um, the, the ultimate prank. Death. Killing your mate with a pillowcase <laughs> with a nerve agent in it. Um, anyway, that's enough about Spycraft. we got a great uh, lineup of comedians on this show. Spycraft. It is the Crackdown Comedy Club. It is not Spycraft. Uh, Spycraft. Let's get in the clip. So we had a, it was another top week in the, cl in the club. In the club. And uh, Brian Gallagher. Oh, this, this is, uh, he loves airports, especially like, I don't know if it is. It's, it's probably not the smallest airport in Ireland, but uh, it's one of the most, it's, it's the one, is it the one of the oldest anyway? Yeah, yeah, one of the oldest. Uh, Shannon Airport, first airport to ever have uh, duty free. In, in the, the world. In the world. No and way. The guy who but at the time, it. it was duty free. Her name was Judy, and she worked in the airport. <laughs> it was just a coincidence. Just Ju Judy. And, and she Hi, said, I'm Judy. What there's no like? tax. This is an international zone. I think I'll start a little shop. And she just had a little stall. It was so cheap that she expanded into a mall and it was called Judy's Mall. Judy's Mall. Um, no, the guy who started it uh, was an Irish guy. And he was like, he's one of the wealthiest people in the whole world. I think he might be dead now, but he, he became a like charitable guy. But yeah, he was a complete billionaire. He came up with the idea of Judy Free, Shannon Airport's first place. Huh? And then he uh, went around the world just like starting Judy Free little malls. There's around. probably not one airport that doesn't have Judy Free. Yeah, it's all like thanks to this like, lad from... Shannon. So he get all the money from all that, coined yeah. the phrase, and he get it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From it started like a tax. franchise. Like he started as a, yeah. and he leases it and stuff. Wow, wow, wow. Anyway, that's from enough Shannon facts. Airport. Let's get on to the comedy. I do like traveling. I do like traveling. Um, I like airports. My favorite airport, Shannon Airport, right? You can go anywhere in the world from Shannon, but you're going to have to go via one of the big hubs, right? So Shannon Heathrow, New York, Amsterdam, anywhere you want. You can come in from anywhere in the world the same way via one of the big hubs, which means the customs officers in Shannon Airport couldn't give a fuck, right? If you're smuggling something out, one of the lads at the big hubs will catch you, right? If you're smuggling something in, Jesus for a plate you, huh? How would you get that through Heathrow? You're some man altogether, right? They couldn't give a shit. I was queuing in Shannon Airport. I was about to get on a flight with my girlfriend, right? We are in one of those purpose-built Ryanair tunnels made out of scratch cards and sandwich wrappers and all that shit, right? And we're standing there queuing to get on a flight. Customs officer comes out at the top of the queue, little dog with him, dog has a jacket, jacket says in training, right? <laughs> Cutest little fucking dog you've ever seen, right? I love dogs. I'm like, Mary, can't wait till the dog gets to us, I'm gonna rub the dog. She said, this relationship is going nowhere, Brian, to be honest, right? <laughs> She's always joking, she's always joking. So I'm queuing, right? Customs officer brings the dog down, he says, don't want anyone to worry, it's a negative reinforcement test, right? We don't expect to find anything. Dog is coming down the line. You know those dogs that are so happy they shake their head and their arse at the same time? You know those ones? It's fucking like, fucking loving, fucking loving life, right? Coming down the line, sniffing people, fucking walking on, winking at them the whole fucking lot, right? I'm like, I can't wait till this dog gets to me, right? Dog gets to me and goes. I'm like, there's something wrong with that fucking dog anyway. There's nothing wrong with that dog, right? Customs officer says, sorry, probably a false indication. Goes back to the top of the line, coming down again. Same shit, dog loving life, fucking. <laughs> High-fiving bitches, the whole lot, right? Dog gets to me again and goes. 
I'm like, getting nervous now, right? Getting nervous now. Customs officer looks more devastated than me. It's beginning to look a lot like work, right? <laughs> he says, I'm sorry about this. I'm going to have to bring it to the office. And you could tell by his eye movements, he was trying to remember where the fuck this office was, right? <laughs> After a few minutes, we eventually get to this office. He closes the door. He says, sit down there. He says, uh, empty your pockets. Trying to remember his training from 40 years ago, right? <laughs> Empty my pockets, he runs it through a little machine, no problem. Then he says, uh, I'll scan your hand luggage, I'll swab it, that's what I'll do. Gets the wand, swabs the hand luggage, goes over to the machine. I guarantee you, it wasn't even fucking on, right? <laughs> he made the noise himself, right? <laughs> Beep! Yeah, the bag's fine anyway, that's grand, right? No bother, right? Bag's grand. Then he says, uh, slip off the jacket there for me, we'll run it through the scanner. And it was just about then I realized I was wearing my flatmate's favorite leather jacket. No. Slipped off the jacket, put it over my shoulder to hand it to him. And as I did, a tiny piece of hash <laughs> hit the floor, right? I looked at it, he looked at it. He looked at me and said, you're some fucking idiot. Right? <laughs> I said, please don't tell my mother, right? I was 32, thinking I was going to do five to life, right? <laughs> Fucking freaking out. Then he did something that makes no sense whatsoever. He picked it up, and he held it up to the light. <laughs> and he said, Ara, that doesn't look very strong at all. <laughs> Go on to fuck. Huh? So the next time I put two kilos up my bum and bought a house. So, yeah, <laughs> things are going well. Ryan Gallagher. Ryan, Ryan Gallagher. Ryan the Gallagher. crowd were on fire the night. When, when Brian's like, uh, oh, my flatmate's jacket, they all went, ooh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But there was, just so you know, there was no, he hadn't mentioned anything about a flatmate beforehand or they didn't even know. It was just the, the instinct of when people hear flatmate, you know, it's not yeah, going to yeah. be good. Yeah. He's like, oh, my flatmate's jacket. Oh, it's not going to be money in the pocket. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, it's not his mom's jacket. He's on his, his drugs. Flatmate's flatmate. Jacket. Oh. And uh, the the sniffer dog, like every time I got to Brian, he was acting it out. But like then, when, obviously, I don't know what you imagined, but it was probably correct. The dog just sat completely still when it was next to uh, Brian. That was very funny. Great work, Brian. We'll have him on again. Uh, he'll be on the podcast again soon, I'd say. He's back from Edinburgh as well. Yeah, he had he a great over. run. He did the full the full thing as well. Like he did the full thing. He left for three days, uh, I think, in the, for a little break for something. Uh, but yeah, he did the full whack. Did and he, I was running the late show with him in yeah. Edinburgh at that late show, one a.m. Never ever in your life do a one a.m. late show every night for a. Festival. I can't believe you thought that was a good idea. Um, <laughs> if only there was a time machine to tell my stupid past self. Yeah. Uh, but you would have had some good nights. The weekends were fun, weren't they? Yeah, we did have some good nights. But it was even if like we got a nice big audience in, the drunken people. You know, they're so hard to deal with. You're like all a those flatmates. Oh, <laughs> That's all... where all the flatmates yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> As they came in, they looked at each other and they all went, ooh, ooh oh no, flatmates. What have, what have you got in your jacket? I bet it's drugs, you're drunk. There was one time there was a stag party. Oh, no, they weren't even a stag party. They were just a group of mates having a little holiday together. But there was 20 of them. Who goes on a holiday with 20 mates? That's a lot. Are they a football they, team or something? That's no, they're all going golfing. But like, Ah, golf! Yeah, so they're all wearing golf clothes. They're well off. And uh, anyway, not that, that is, they're well off, the worst kind of people. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so they, they, they were just such a ruckus. There was no. So at one point, Kevin Gildee was uh, on. Yeah, great. And he got them up to do, because like, they kept saying how strong one of the guys is, or he was like a beefcake. They got him up and they got another person up and he lifted the person. So then, and then the whole show became like a deadlift competition with these 20 guys. Because you, you couldn't do a joke. They were just so rowdy. Yeah. So that's that's one a.m. Sh- comedy. It's not comedy. It's just like what happens. Like a circus. It's like it's a circus. Let's get the strong man up there to bench and, press a human. And there was like five sober people who, like, ten minutes in, they just like uh, they just got up and left. They were like, "This is this is ridiculous." It's chaos. It's- there's salmon jumpers. There's plaid trousers. There's golf bags. I'm out. That's one a.m. comedy for you. One a.m. comedy. But there you go. You learned an important lesson. Yeah, I learned okay. a lesson that I should have already, like, everyone knows already. It's not a, yeah. you, don't, you don't need to do, there's some things like, oh, I learned a lesson. And then you're like, you know, I you hear learned. some people, oh, I learned a lesson. You're like, how did you not know You that? already knew. Yeah. I wish it, I said that before. I wish you told me at least. I would have been like, don't. Yeah. Because like what happens with the fringe? You say, I want to do these rooms at these times. And then you get offered what's available. Yeah. And so you say yes or no. 
I mean, yeah, you want to do as much as possible, but then some of them you just like, oh, it's yeah. So I got a, a good slot for my solo show, and then just the compilation show is just not. Uh... Anyway, I'm very one. grateful to the booker. Thank you. You're yes. a great guy. Uh, book me again. Jenna, great. And then you had that guy that was uh, said it was a review, and he came to your show three times. What happened with him? Did you stalk him down? Oh, you're yeah. gonna meet up with him. Yeah, the creep. So stole... if you didn't hear, it was a couple episodes ago. And uh, what happened? And he just like the short yes. Run of it. So he um, he turned up three times to my show, and the third time he uh, had, a, had like a the refill a pad out, and he was writing down the whole show. He was writing down. He had three pages of material. I think it was lovely. I think this guy was uh, he fancied you. That's why. Yeah, well, he would. you wouldn't want to watch someone for three hours and three days unless they wanted to look at you. you know I, I know, in fairness, it was I wasn't even suspicious because so many people came back like for seven days in a row just looking. Oh, here we go. And I kind of helped like this. You know, it wasn't even the show. Some people came in; they were clearly listening to a podcast and they were just staring at me. <laughs> <laughs> we just want to watch Eddie jump. Around. They were listening to this podcast and, and they could sweat. hear my voice in another way. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so he came three. Days Sometimes the words matched up, like when he said "pedophile," which came up a lot. That yeah. synced up perfectly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so so after the show, he told me he told me he was a reviewer during the show. And uh, but anyway, after the show, I was like, "Oh, cool! Who'd you review for?" He said he reviewed for the Scotsman, and then he kind of changed stories to Glasgow Live. And I was like, "What the? F- this guy's suspicious." Yep. And he had three pages of stuff. I was like, "What you write?" He goes, "Oh, it's just for the review." Anyway, so then I tried to organize to meet him for a pint to figure out what really was going on because mm. he had to leave then. I was like, let's meet again. Bit of spycraft. Bit of spycraft. I told They're going to marry him. <laughs> <laughs> and then six years into the relationship, what did you write down on that pad of paper? What did you write down? <laughs> the wedding is off if we don't get those bits. And I get a nerve agent and I get a, yeah. a lady to do a prank show and kill him. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I'm out. But uh, yeah, he... Uh, there was no Glasgow Live. I was there but so he kept he messaged me that he was back in edinburgh at one point but he um he just yeah the, the times i had a show i couldn't meet him and uh, i was i was annoyed i really wanted out. i never found out i never found if he's out. a fan he might be listening to this what did you write about Eddie's show? oh but he got you... he got kicked out of the bar later on in that night as well because he brought his own uh dinner he brought he took out a lunchbox in the what? bar and just started eating and the bar manager was like this guy like he hasn't bought a drink in three hours He's sitting in watching all the shows for like just. He's having a picnic on the bar. He's having a picnic on the bar, and they were just like, "Look, man, you gotta, you gotta go. Like, you're taking the piss." Unwrapping and then, sandwiches. And apparently, he took his phone out and started filming the manager, oh, being like, "Oh, what's your uh, number, manager number, whatever? I'm going to complain about you uh, to the owner." Blah, blah, blah. And then the owner came around the corner. I was like, what are you going to complain about? Get the fuck out of this bar. Get the fuck out of this. And just like kind of escorted him out. I was like, and you're not coming back here. Get the fuck out. Complain to my manager. Um, I hate that, eh? That's the kind of guy he was. Uh, Anyone who gets out, like, I find that a lot. You see that at night a lot. Uh, You know, there'll always be a ruckus, a drunken ruckus. But they never just walk away. You know, they're drunk. They're flatmates. It's no. It's like they said this. I need this. Duh, 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 duh. And it's, it's always blokes. And then, uh, and then one will get out and start filming. If there's a guard involved or a police officer, and they'll get out. And then, like the police officer, most of the time, police officers are horrible people sometimes. But I mean, most of the time, they just want to stop whatever's going on. Yeah. Bad. Just trying so to do their just job. Just trying to do their job, and they're like, hey. But then someone will just make it worse by holding the camera to the car's face and going, "What are you doing? You moving me away? This is a public street." Da da da. You're like, every, like everything. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Just. Just walk away. Yeah, just end it. It could have ended of, ages there's ago. There's loads of TikTok clips, and sometimes it is of like recording a guard who's being way out of line. Yeah, like being overly violent or something. And but then, then most yes, of them are just filmer. like someone filming a guard, and the guard is just like, "Can you move on from here? Uh, there's yeah. a fight happened, and you can everyone just needs to leave now." And yeah, and there's someone's in the guard's face being like, "You are breaking my right of blah yeah. blah blah." Provoking it, just provoking like, just the guard, and it's like, and then and then there's like. A million views on TikTok and like half the comments are like, I can't believe the guard did that. It's like, what what world do people live in about what do they want? Like anarchy? They want Yeah. And it, it, it happens a lot with I feel sorry for like, you know, police officers, guards, security guards, that kind of thing. Because like say if a firefighter was doing their job, yeah, another yeah, emergency yeah. worker, you know, like who started the fire? I'm just standing here. I'm allowed to stand here while you got your, your, your spraying it with water. What's wrong with fire? What's your problem with fire? Just let, uh, yeah. <laughs> Ambulance drivers. But it's always, uh, yeah, it's, it's always just like light, light drunk people. Hmm. You find out to go away. Film something if it's bad. I think, um, I know there's pro- all this about privacy and all this sort of stuff, but there, are, there should be cameras there everywhere. I'm, I'm happy with that. 
Oh, yeah. Well, just to stop, because if anything bad happens ever, do you know, because most of the courts and most of what happens is stopping people from lying. What happened that night? Where did the body go? What happened? If everything was recorded everywhere. De- you'd be in prison, Demo. That's what the result of that would be. Hey, look, that sandwich was just sitting there. I was like, no, Cameras no everywhere. Demo, that, that would literally be your worst nightmare. Well, I just steal the, food. That's the all. things I've seen you do. Like what? I'm, I can't say it in public, but you know. Like, I don't know anything wrong. <laughs> I mean, I hate seeing food go to waste. If someone leaves a plate of chips and they're still warm, they're mine now. It's me yeah. or the seagulls. Um, you moved to China, <laughs> man. They have cameras everywhere. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Good on them. Because then people will think twice before they do something wrong around here. And then we don't need... And then if someone's got their phone out to someone's face going, what are you doing? Well, uh, that's a, what's your number? You're going, mate, there's I don't cameras think, everywhere. I don't like, think... You don't need, I don't to, think do like a, you don't need those, a citizen's arrest. I don't think bro. one of those Dublin scrotes that comes up and they, with a hacksaw and they're hacking into someone's bike to, get a, to hack the lock off in the city centre of Dublin. I think there's enough cameras around that they don't give a fuck. You know, if there was more cameras... They, it, it, it just, you know, the, you know, there's so many of them in Dublin. Yeah. I mean, God bless them. Poverty is terrible, but you know, they're, they're like, I've had three bikes stolen in Dublin. Oh yeah, I've had two. Yeah, and uh, and the lock just saw. But I, did, I got three though back. <laughs> <laughs> you buy one hacksaw, you get three bikes. That's how it works. Stamo carrying a stolen bag of chips on a new bike. Um, Eating chips on cycling away. All right. Yeah, but I don't think more cameras would deter any of those. That's great. The chips are still warm. The seat's still warm. So Happy what is days. the solution? Okay, up next we have Rob Nother. Oh yeah, man. Rob Nother. He's one of the uh, youngest. Upstart comedians, he's, he's great. He's, he's storming through the scene. And uh, this is him talking about uh, uh, he lived abroad recently. Yeah, it's good to be here. Uh, it's good to be back in Dublin. I was living abroad recently. I was living in Amsterdam. <laughs> for three days. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Now, before I left, my mom wanted to talk to me. She sat me down and started telling me about all the dangers of marijuana. She told me, Rob, just because it's legal over there doesn't make it any less dangerous. It's still a gateway drug. I've never really understood that, a gateway drug? A gateway to fucking what, right? Because I've never smoked a joint and said, hey man, you know what we should do next? Something. (laughs) I've never said that, never in my life. It's a gay closing drug, if anything. I mean, alcohol, now that's a gateway drug. I drink three pints of Guinness and I start sounding like an actor with dementia, you know? <laughs> Just shouting, line! <laughs> line, please! <laughs> that was a cocaine joke for all the cool kids in the audience. Yeah. Rob, Rob Nother, man. He's Rob Nother. He's only like 20, isn't he? 21, isn't He's he? young, man. He's young. He comes up because he, he does the, that night he did the door, like uh, he was helping me. Uh, well, we helped each other. Like, when I was doing the chairs or something, he was like scanning people in with the tickets. And uh, he goes, you, you, he's, uh, hey, you might recognize me from the, as the doorman. It was like, oh, the, the door boy. And I was like, hey. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, he has a, yeah, yeah. Looks like a kid. He's great, man. He's going to go places. He's flying. Um, yeah, there's a gateway drug, marijuana. Like, everything is, like, if, if, you're, if, if that's the angle that whatever the anti drugs, government people are going to take gateway nonsense gateway oh that's a gateway you can get like so, everything's a gateway everything's coffee's a gateway. a gateway coffee's a gateway just getting like walking out of a gate is a gateway yeah. like, if you're in the world you're going to come across things that you want to try yeah you're going to try them like it's trying stuff isn't the problem it's keeping on doing the same bad thing yeah, is the yeah, problem yeah. you know you try anything the gateway is addiction <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> addictive personalities I feel sorry for people with addictive personalities. I think I'm a bit of one who, oh, we could find out from my personality test. But because, uh, you know, people like, I can't do that. I have an addictive personality, so I'll just keep doing it. And that's the reason why they don't do something because they're like, oh, I'll just never be able to stop. Yeah, but that's just, that's just a convenient excuse, really. Yeah, try it for a little bit. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> there definitely are people with addictive personalities, but you can't just then give up on life and say, but that's well, addiction. I've got to... Isn't that, this is addiction, isn't it? Like, who, who has a non-addict, who's tried everything that's addictive and be like, yeah, never, nothing ever is stuck. There's definitely several people. Keep but... trying. Mm. Yeah, you know, you don't get addicted to cigarettes on the first puff. Like, keep going, mate. A few cigarettes. I did. Packs later. Oh, did you? You're yeah. Like, oh, this is great. Seven years old. <sighs> One puff. Done. For realsy, seven. No, no, no. I did smoke I a no. I smoked a joint when I was nine. I didn't even know what it was. We had a French student 
staying with you know we used to take students in our house they were learning uh, English whatever and uh, this one student did he say cameras what say cameras cameras yeah cameras is it, is it How, what do you think Shane all these French people going about cameras you go cameras say ca- say cameras how you you say it? cameras you just put a you have a downward Ca- yeah down cameras 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 <laughs> that's right it sounds like a spanish dude's name oh there's cameras <laughs> <laughs> no i like how you say it. cameras cuz they sound important cameras cameras i think i'm like longer a at the start anyway cameras and uh, uh, film is that that's film. A, that's film yeah yeah film is a big one in ireland that's it's a big problem f i l u m film yeah uh, I like that. Fill them up with movies. <laughs> <laughs> Fill them um, up with films. What were we talking about? Oh, yeah. Like the, this the French stu- student, student. And she was like 16. And she was out the back of the house. Well, you must have been. It's like nine. Um, like you had a 16-year-old French student come around smoking a spliff in your backyard. And you're a nine-year-old. Yeah. That's so pretty, Obviously, there's like it? a French girl in the house. And she's out the back. I'm nine. I was like, oh, what's Frenchie up to? Yeah. Went out the back. Hey, how you doing? She's smoking a fat joint. And I was like, what's that? And she's like, do you want to try it? And she gave it to me. Wow. And I just remember. Old. I just that's, rem- hey, that's a gateway. French 16-year-old girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a gateway, man. That's what the government need to warn us about. <laughs> man, that would be a, that would be a brilliant uh, spy maneuver. You just get any French person, like, mm. <laughs> smoking a spliff on a step. They will attract people. Mm. To be like, what are they doing down there? Yeah, they're gathering they information. Yeah. And, and so you were like, yeah, sure. Yeah, I had a had a, a like few puffs of it, and then I just remember being blitzed, wow. and I just went to my room and lied down. I was like, "Oh my god, what the fuck!" Um, luckily, because I didn't know what it was, yeah. I was like, I couldn't get it again. It's like, what oh, is yeah. that magic? Jimmy Moore. I didn't even know. You didn't even know what to ask for. You just going around the streets, going, "Do you know a sixteen-year-old French girl that sits on I'm steps?" Just, just waiting for a French accent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> went to the French embassy and looking at, looking into their hands. Are you holding any like rolled up bits of paper that, mm. that are on mm. fire? Man, that's funny. That's like something out of a novel. Yeah. The French 16-year-old sat on the step, smoking a spliff, looking into the guy. And I was nine, peering at the curtains from the window, going, what is she up to? <laughs> I love how it ended on the least poetic line. I know. <laughs> what All this flowery up? language. She gazed into the stars, and I peered from the curtains. <laughs> What's she up to? <laughs> what you doing? Hey, what you doing? Even at the young age of nine. <laughs> I sounded like an elderly farmer. I want to take a photo. Wait, I'll grab my cameras. I'll grab my camera. Uh, <laughs> my camera. Do you want to watch a film with me? Yeah, film. Um, film from next, a camera. Up next, we speaking of. Oh yeah. Okay. So for speaking you, of many French years, stoners, for many years, let's say an Aussie stoner. No, he probably doesn't smoke. I don't know. I've no idea. But um, I was the only sort of Aussie comic in Ireland for ages. That was pretty cool. And then uh. I think Tarek came along. I haven't seen him for a little while, but he's very good. And then uh, and Jacob Perry, he had just arrived like a few days before. Aussie comic. We've never met before. We have mates of mates, like a small comedy world, as you know. And uh, delighted to have him on. Had heard of him, never met him before. And this was his first gig in Ireland, I do believe. Just so everyone knows, every time an Aussie comic comes to Ireland, Damo sends them a, a letter with a razor blade and a bullet in it. Yeah. <laughs> saying, you this can my, do this weekend at gigs, but don't you think you're taking my slot? This is my territory, buddy. I'm the Aussie around here. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm looking forward to you. I wasn't, I wasn't there that night. I'm looking forward to hearing this. Yeah, so here's Jacob Perry. I'm stoked. I'm stoked to see so many people out and about, enjoying themselves, having a couple of drinks, as opposed to being stuck at home having a lot of drinks. I was in lockdown with my pregnant Irish Catholic wife. So she was giving me loads of grief about my drinking, yeah? Every day she's like, it's noon and you're still on your first pint of whiskey. Step it up, eh? (laughs) You're drinking for tree now. What are you doing pouring red wine in a glass? What are we in, church? You want to look fancy? I'll give you one of those twisty straws. But I'm, I'm still getting in trouble now. Like the other day, my wife got upset with me for peeing in the shower. I was like, get fucked. <laughs> Everybody pees in the shower. And she said, yeah, 
but not from across the other side of the room. <laughs> I was like, yeah, right. I guess I could have done it in the toilet right next to me. <laughs> or waited till she got out. <laughs> but if you can, fellas, you're going up over that shower screen every time, right, guys? I'm just trying to... I'm just trying to sprinkle a little bit of joy every time I go. Hey, Jacob hey. Ferry there. Up over the shower screen. He meant to, <laughs> he should have been a fireman, old Jacob yeah. Perry. Oh, you don't like fires, bro? Don't like fires? Holding your camera up in front of his face. Yeah, Jacob Perry, class. Uh, let's right. keep on rolling before you get stuck into spy chat a bit more. Uh, Jilzy Fitz on as well. Brilliant, Jilzy, Jilzy Fitz. Yeah, love Jilzy. She's talking about, she's from Kerry. She's talking about the accent. But uh, usually when I tell people I'm from Kerry, they're like, you don't have um, a Kerry accent. And I'm like, oh, I know. Um, I just, I, uh, I needed a job. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, the old Kerry accent uh, had to go. <laughs> um, for anyone here who doesn't know what a Kerry accent is, um, should they sound a bit like this in Kerry, right? <laughs> I mean, like, oh, just for me personally, <laughs> I don't find that very, like, sexy, right? Could you just imagine being in bed with someone and they're just like, oh, give it to me, baby. Just... <laughs> I'd just rather not, you know? Um, so the accent had to go. Uh, my mother hates all those jokes as well, bless her. Uh, or I think she does anyway, I actually can't understand her. Um, <laughs> I, started, uh, I started learning how to drive. Right? Thank you, thank you. I am 29, it's a disgrace I can't drive. Um, but I never really needed to drive because I always had, um, like, boyfriends. <laughs> Right, and they just drove me places and I was just like perfectly okay with that, you know. I'm just very okay with men doing things for me in general. Um, I sent, the feminist movement fucking hate me, I swear to God, I sent them back about 40 years. Um, all I'm saying is I'll give the vote back if it means I don't have to work a nine to five, do you know? I just, I just think we fucked up somewhere along the line, ladies. That's all I'm saying, right? <laughs> Um, but my boyfriend now absolutely fucking hates that I can't drive, right? He's always given out to me, and recently he turned around to me and he was like, Gillian, fuck off, right? I'm not giving you a ride every day, you need to learn how to drive. I was just like, that's a bit harsh now, considering that I fucking ride him every now and again. <laughs> right? If I can take 10 seconds out of my day... <laughs> he can give me a fuck, a ride for a ride, right? That's how I was reared, I'm just saying. Jilzy Fitz. Jilzy Fitz. Ride for a ride. That's how I, I was read too, Jilzy. <laughs> <laughs> we agree, 100%. Ride for a ride every time. So my dad used to tell me every day. Um, ride for a ride, son. And now uh, I think the French girl wants you out the back for some reason. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> now run along and play. Ah, <laughs> um, kids are so innocent. So innocent at this day and age and age. And they're nine years old. All right, cool. Oh, yeah, so uh, a personality test. I, uh, last week, uh, Eddie was talking about his personality test. I don't even know how it came up. I don't know how, how any of our topics come up. But Was it a – which one did you do? Did you do the big o five? Ocean. Ocean. Cool. ocean. All right. What's ocean stand for? Openness. Oh, conscientiousness. Extroversion, introversion, agreeableness, and neurotis. Oh, very good. I thought I was standing for a big body of water. But anyway, hey. So uh, I did mine. So why I was ma I was making fun of it, and I think um, basically because why would anyone want to do homework when they don't have to do homework? Like this, it's just more. If there's enough shit that you got to do, then do more forms. Do you know they don't mm. have to do forms? are like my crypto. I hate filling in forms, and I was thinking about this as well. To, to just to be alive and be a person, you have to fill in forms. Just just be yourself. Do you know what I mean? Like. Taxes, address, uh, insurance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just form. You can't be you on earth without filling in forms to prove that you're you. Isn't that ridiculous? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crap. And if you can't fill in the form, someone's going to fill it in for you. Mm. And then you, they can just do whatever they want with you. You know? Yeah. Who came up with that system? It doesn't say who you are as a person side at all. You know, it should be like... I've okay. never met someone who hates forms that much. I fucking hate forms. Yeah. And, and then... Because it's just homework, isn't it? It's just homework. I just hate homework. I've always hated homework. Who, no one... Uh, who, who likes homework? Probably some kids, the smart kids, probably because they enjoy it. But anyway. It's like homework for life, though. 
Yeah, I know. It just yeah. never goes away. I think that's what it is. There's always, and just when you think you've finished forms, something else will come along. Oh, I got to fill in that form now. Mm. It's nonstop. Anyway, I hope. Does anyone else hate forms? Okay, but I did this one. It was, wasn't as bad yeah, I just, as I, I thought. I just pulled a complete blank. I was like, forms, right? Yeah, yeah forms. Brain just went. Whoosh. I know. As soon as you hear forms, I, was like, I don't want to hear about forms. I know. Man. No I one does. They're horrible. Uh, but this personality, it was, it was actually the ocean one. It wasn't too grueling. Actually, it was a, you know, it was nice. It was black screen with a nice yellow font. You know, it's cool. It's cool. So the big personality. So I'll read it as a, and you remember your results. Hey? So openness. Okay, this is the first one for ocean. Openness. He says, you are high open. <laughs> That's what it says. I'm reading this off the computer. You are high open, right? I'm high opening this email. But you are bad 60- literate, whoever wrote this. Yeah, yeah. I, if you are high in openness, you love trying new things. That's always good, isn't it? And having new experiences. Are there many people that hate trying new things? There are. Old people, probably. No. <laughs> no, I'm doing this and that's all. It's true. As you get older, you, you do go down in openness. That's weird, isn't it? Yeah. You get stuck in your way. That's ways. why so many old people are racist. You are curious and imaginative. Uh, you love coming up with new ideas. Okay, fair enough. And you had the same, isn't it? Yeah. What's Conscientiousness. Mean? You are medium conscious. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you misread that or does it no, say medium? No, no, no. Yeah, no, you are medium conscientious. Conscientiousness. Conscientiousness. I can't say it. <laughs> Conscientiousness. Cameras. Cameras. Conscientiousness. Conscientiousness. Oh, that's good. Conscientiousness. Um, Describes your approach to organize, organization and details. Describes your approach. Oh, yeah. You got medium? Yeah. Well, what is that? What would you think? I would say very low. Yeah, uh, I think I'm. I, I can't even, I got, I can't I got even low. say it. Yeah. I didn't, maybe um, I didn't understand the question, so I just clicked the middle bit. And conscientiousness <laughs> goes up in age. Really? Yeah, yeah. Because you get a bit more organized. Your life. You have that's to, true. Yeah. And you're you're 44. Yeah. I'm 30, so that's yeah. why you're medium and I'm low. By the time uh, I'm 44, I'll be blitzing conscientiousness. Yeah, I need to get good at conscientiousness because you know old people will be ones that like plan ahead. They'll, like before they even go into town, they're like, "Have you got the the change yeah. for the money meter?" Like they're, yeah, they're, they're yeah. thinking 10 steps ahead. Yeah. Where like young people don't think any steps ahead. In your twenties, you might think one step ahead. I'm gonna go here. That'd be as far as you think. Yeah. When you're old, you're thinking every step ahead till death, because you can see it on the horizon. <laughs> Hi to all our old listeners. Old coffin dodgers. Coffin dodgers. Keep do- keep dodging that coffin. Extroversion. Well, we all know high in extroversion. Mm-hmm. That's comedians uh, a lot of the time. Agreeableness. Highly agreeable. Fuck! I know why I am. Hey. So. Uh, you, you got high agreeableness. I got yeah. low agreeableness. So that's where we. Diverge. For really? So that yeah. was very opposite. Yeah. It's uh, a good way. People people love uh, people who are high in agreeableness. Because they're, they're, you know, they're good Yeah, company. but this is the thing. And I was going to, this is the whole reason we're doing this in the podcast was because I was going to ask, if I did this test another day, you know, it, it would be a bit different, I think. No, it's fairly, it's consistent across time. The, they've done loads of tests on it to check that it's consistent across time. I did it 10 years apart. I got the same results. Oh, okay. That's good. Um, you would make a bad spy though. High in agreeableness. Terrible. Can't be, can't be high in agreeableness to be a... Uh, like you got to be very low. You got to be able to disagree with absolutely everyone. And everyone everything. except your like... Spy master. Ins- your spy master. Mm. Spy master. Neuroticism. You are low. You got to... Uh, like a very low likelihood to be depressed and paranoid and things like that what does that mean makes me sad it's good you don't even know what it is that's how low you are that's how good I am that's uh yes you got a lucky personality you got a happy-go-lucky personality there Damo that's good and so we you had the same but just not as agreeable slightly just I think I was like low to medium neuroticist and then I was uh low in agreeableness but high in openness, high in extroversion, and kind of low in conscientiousness. Great. Okay, real quick for the crack. I'm just putting Shane's name in. Shane, I'm going to do your one. But don't worry, I'm not doing the... I just want to know what it would be like, because it's from every question's one to five, and neutral is three. Shane so, is the producer on the show. Shane, you can hear him in the background sometimes. He's the master. He's the, our spy master. So I see myself as someone who's talkative. So like we all know that, yeah, like what we would do. I'm just going to put three for all of them. Clicking through now, right? Because I'm thinking... So that's not really... Average across the board. Yeah. He's the most average dude. Run of the mill in the background. How often do you make love? Three. Uh, <laughs> I see myself as someone who is full of energy. So, of course, I put strongly agree five for that. But then some days I'm comp- like just one. 
and it's also as I see myself. And so sometimes if you're if you're having a down day, you see yourself as a piece of shit. Yeah, but you you don't have many down days, Damo. That's why you got low in neuroticism. Yeah, but I'm just like that would be the flaw in the test. It's like some days, like my bi- oh, yeah. my bipolar mate. Some days high as a kite, other days just yeah. So he's high in your high in neuroticism. Ah, but he just put a three. <laughs> are, we about, who are, we ta- are we talking about Shane now? Oh yeah, no, no, this is someone else. No, this is someone else. okay. I'm still clicking through. We're nearly at the end of the test. Okay, three, three, three. I, I just want to. Why is poor Shane being subjected to demos? I just didn't three. know what other name to put in there. No, but I thought. Are you doing mine now? Is the test going to come up? Don't worry, I didn't put your whole name. Oh yeah, in just put three in for it. everything. See what the test says. Here. Oh, I, I, you think it would come up and go on? You're not taking this very seriously, are you? Or you're just the most average person of all time? Like, what would it say if you clicked it? It'd be like. You know, I have no idea. What do you think it's going to say? Is They're there finished. someone? Are there, there probably are people who are three are you, down the line. Are you a bot? Way. Probably say, are you a bot? You? Yeah. Easily distracted. Three. Sophisticated in art, musical literature. How many more questions are in Three. Here? That's it. That is it. Okay. That's, the sh- that's a very short version of the test, man. Yeah. Well, it, like there was... Well, hang on. Ta-da. No thanks. View my results. Here we go. If you're run of the mill... This is Shane, the producer of the show. His personality results... You are medium conscientiousness. You are medium extroversion. You are medium agreeable, medium neurotic. Oh, that's it. That's it. You just says you're medium. Yeah, it's spot on. So, yeah, it's just, you're just bland. Mr. Bland. There you go, Shane. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Mr. Bland over there. You'd make a good spy. Oh, yeah. No one would ever read you. You would know what's going on. So, uh, that was that. If you, it's a free test. And if you want some homework, do your own, and if you disagree with any of your own results, send it in. Send it in. We want to hear you slam these personality tests. <laughs> Damo really hates these personality tests. I just hate homework. That's all. Yeah, um, yeah. But that was quite fun, actually. Right, so we've got, oh, well, last night, the first night, me and Eddie gigging back together in the crack den since he went away five or six weeks ago. Uh, we had a great bloody night. And uh, here's just a clip of me at the start. I was just meeting who was in the crowd. And there was a couple in from Vegas. And the guy, you might be able to hear, I don't know how loud the microphone picking up him in the audience, but he was the, the head marketing for the MGM hotel or whatever. And I go, MGM, that's pretty, that's the big one. And they're like, she's like, the big green one. And uh, he said later, it's the whole left side of the street on the Vegas strip. Like it, so huge. So, but I go, what does MGM stand for? And it stands for something real lame like, um, Metro Goldwyn Mayer or something like that. So we, uh, we, the audience and myself took it. We, we renamed MGM like what the new acronym of MGM. So that's what this is. And where are you guys from? Vegas. Las Vegas. Vegas, baby. Vegas. And you work in Vegas? I do. What do you do? Uh, I'm the head of marketing for MGM Resorts. You're the head of marketing for a fucking resort? Yeah. MGM. The what's biggest, the biggest? The biggest thing. Yeah, the big green one. Uh, what's MGM stand for? Hmm. Nah, Metro Metro Golden. Who cares? Everyone's <laughs> asleep already. Sorry, guys. What could it be? Let's 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 remarket it. An M word that's exciting, lads. Mega. Monsters or mega? Okay, yeah. Mega. Grand. What's, grand. Mega grand. I'm liking where this is going. I like in the Irish race. It's grand. It's grand. But in America, grand is grand. Imagine if the Grand Canyon was here, called the Grand Canyon. It should be a shit canyon. <laughs> How's that canyon? That's oh, grand. That's no, amazing, little sizer. That's fucking grand. That's what you say to someone when you've got a hangover. Oh, grand, you know what I mean? So we've got mega, grand, and the final letter. Mistakes. Mistakes, oh, yes. Yes. Mistakes, because that's exactly what happens in Vegas. Mega, grand, mistakes. That's right, that was a prostitute you married last night. She took all your chips. Oh, my poker chips and my hot chips. Oh, worst night of my life. (laughs) Thanks, lads. D12. They loved it. Uh, Mega grand mistake. That was a prostitute. Or was it uh, one of those Romeo spies that you married? It was a spy. It was a spy. It's funny. I must, must, and I'm still talking about chips. I was talking about chips today and last night. (laughs) I'm just always hungry for chips, man. That was great. Uh, We had Chris Kent on as well. Oh, Chris Kent was great. It was great to have him on this week. Oh, he's one of the one of the greats. And uh, he he did all new stuff. 
um, about buying a house and all that. So we won't play any of his new stuff because uh, you'll see it soon on his next tour show. But uh, he did, luckily, one of the nights he did one of my favourite bits of his um, about his dad coming home drunk. I love this. It's Chris Kent. So my dad, on the other hand, is a good man, good, strong man. Never blamed the drink in his life, not once. And he has managed to never give up drink. <laughs> Ever. I'll give you an example. When I was a kid, right, my dad got so drunk one night when he came home from the pub, he ran straight through our front porch, yeah? Straight through the glass doors, yeah? Swear to God. Nothing to do with being in the pub all day. Do you want to hear his excuse? Genuine excuse coming here now, yeah? He said, we haven't had the porch that long. And I just forgot about it. My mother's having none of it. Jesus Christ, George, you've had that porch for years. You need to calm down and a drink. <laughs> Ambulance is on the way. Paramedics are having a word at my dad. My mother said, can you please have a word at him about drinking, please? He's drinking too much. So I was sitting my dad down. My dad's wearing a jeans and a T-shirt, right? So the paramedics were talking to him, stitching him up, and they're like, George, you do need to calm down the alcohol. You did give your wife an awful fright tonight. You broke the porch. Chips all over the hall. You know, um, to be honest with you, George, you're actually quite lucky, George, that you're wearing jeans because they saved your legs, you know. And my dad looked straight back at this fucking paramedic and said, I better get a denim jacket, so I suppose. Uh, <laughs> never give up. Never give up the drink. Always going. <laughs> Still wears it today. That's why I have the shirt on. That's why I have it on now. Just in case. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Chris K. there wearing a denim shirt. Brilliant. That was great. Pity you weren't there, Damo. Where? Oh, when he, the glass smashed. Chips everywhere. I know, I was hearing about more <laughs> chips. I would have been straight in there just like blowing off the shards of glass. Ooh, oh, that's, that's still a good chip. Don't, more chips. Don't waste it. How many people listening to this are then now going to go get some more chips? I'd say most people. Um, and, and thank you for listening to this uh, episode. Or fries. We're for our American listeners. We're sponsored fries. by chips this week. Chips. <laughs> freedom fries. Uh, yeah. Thanks. Oh, yeah. What was that? Americans renamed chips to freedom fries because yeah. America didn't support the war in Iraq. Yeah. And then in France, they didn't agree with something France did. But uh, if they had a 16-year-old French girl on their back step smoking a spliff, they'd, 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 still, be, fries, they'd French still, fries. still be French fries. The French had been caps. <laughs> And what do you want after smoking a spliff with a 16-year-old French girl? A big thing of fries. That's what you yeah. want. You want chips. Ah, French fries. Uh, fries and spies. That, should we call that fries and spies? Let's call it fries and spies. Okay, this uh, episode's called fries and spies. If you are enjoying this podcast, and you clearly are if you've listened to it this long, if you're coming to the end, please share it with your friends. Coming to the end? Of the podcast. Of, the, of this episode. Of, of this episode. We are not... <laughs> I thought, oh, he's quitting now. What? <laughs> Surprise! Hey. I'm a spy. Yeah. Um, oh, no, thanks so much. But like 21 episodes in now, and uh, we're gonna have guests soon and uh, some more stuff. And um, want to hear from the listeners more because we love that. When yeah. You send yeah. me comments and stuff. Give it a share. Tell your friends. Tell your mom. And yeah, DM us at our Instagram, and uh, we put videos up every day. We put the one of today we put up was called Keith's wife, <laughs> Keith yeah. Fox, who's been on a previous. Previous it's a bit too personal, if I'm honest. With that. <laughs> I didn't want to call it that, but uh, yeah, 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 check out the old TikTok, the Insta, and uh, we'll see you soon. But uh, do, definitely do MS and everything else. And uh, if you're in Dublin, come to the club. Lots of love. See you next week. See you next week. Cheers. I do not disagree with everything. <laughs> <laughs>